2: back ladies and gentlemen
3: yes we are
2: tom bernard show um is mr michaels in yet
4: no not yet
3: they usually come in Maybe a little it. yeah it yeah, happens quarter he's after. a
2: very nice guy i just met him this morning really really
3: good guy how's that 19 degrees doing for you oh, i wish it felt like 19 What the heck is going on? Is it 19 degrees right now? Yeah, and the wind is blowing like Yeah, the
5: wind makes it feel like it's two.
2: I just don't understand.
5: Wind
3: chills in April. Happy days are here again. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You got to laugh or you'd cry.
2: Do you have a cold? Yeah.
3: No, his nose is running from the cold.
2: Yes. Do you have a cold or is your nose running from the cold? Both. Oh, God. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. What a world. Honest to God. Well, again, everybody expects it to be nice in April. I'll never understand why we Minnesotans think it's going to be nice in April. It's nice maybe two days a year in April.
3: It's usually not this bad.
2: Yes, it's (laughs) horrendous. It's horrendous. It's always been horrendous, and it's always going to be horrendous. That's
3: true. April does stink.
2: From June fifteenth to Christmas Day, it's wonderful. Christmas Day, well, the twenty sixth of December till June fourteenth, it's horrible. It is every year, and yeah, you know. I have
3: to what agree you, with Catherine. Though it
2: feels worse this year
5: than years past. Yeah, I well, yeah, I well, we change.
3: had like a. We didn't have any snow in December, and we didn't mm-hmm. have freezing cold um, temperatures in December. November was really nice, so we didn't really start winter until mid-January.
2: But it, well, it's a situation where everybody thinks that that somehow the Earth has shifted now, and that winter has moved back a month and a half. It's like no sometimes it's early so i remember it's snowing in september so settle down everybody
3: well, i remember when we were kids that, i mean there seriously there was so much snow every winter it was unbelievable oh yeah i mean we could jump off of our first floor balcony into the driveway and there was so much snow that we you know it was like jumping into a pillow but a bunch of pillows it was just like feet and feet of snow all the time So we don't get that much snow like we used to, I don't think.
2: Well, this year we've gotten, what, 90-some inches? I don't know. Some years it is over 100, though. There's no doubt about it. Well, since the weather is so horrendous, and this is a full-service show. All we do on the show is give, give, give.
1: That's true. That's all
2: we do. It's community service-oriented. That's all I know. So. Make a noise, get hunted. That's the premise of A Quiet Place, set in a world ravaged by sound-sensitive aliens. Directed by John Krasinski, yes, Jim from Office. The film follows a family led by Krasinski and his real-life wife, Emily Blunt, and has an impressive 96% rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, Rotten Tomatoes means absolutely nothing. It can be rigged. But I have heard from everybody, including Mike Evans, that it's really, really good. Really? Yep, you dislike horror movies? See A Quiet Place anyway, Jocelyn Novak writes at the AP. It's ingeniously creepy with jump-out-of-your-seat moments, but it also mm-hmm. offers an inventive premise and a terrific cast. Blunt can register fear, joy, love, anxiety. In one scene without needing to utter a word, says Novak, and, an uh, and impressive for a horror, f- horror film, A Quiet Place only occasionally strains its own logic. The quieter it gets, the more noise it makes, writes Adam Graham at uh, Detroit News, describing A Quiet Place as a masterful horror tale that will leave audiences gasping for air. Krasinski gets high praise. He makes us think about our own relationship with sound and sets a gripping mood from the very beginning. It makes for a bold experiment in fear with a triumphant payoff. You'll leave elated or I'll eat my words, writes Jeanette Katsoulis of this old-fashioned creature feature. Krasinski forces us to pay attention to facial expressions in a way that hearing audiences are rarely required to do. And the actors deliver, seeing deaf actor Millicent Simmons cycle through hurt, doubt, anger, and acceptance in one of the movie's singular pleasures. Katsoulis writes at the New York Times, the movie rocks. If a quiet place has one flaw, it's that it never lets up there's little breathing space between its breathtaking moments, says Stephanie Zakharuk, or Zakaric, maybe. At times, she calls the film one of the most terrifyingly effective horror movies and one of the most poetic horror movies in years. This is gushing. It sounds, does uh, it sound design alone is glorious, locating the infinite gradations or gradations in that uh, thing we so casually call silence. Yeah, Emily Blunt said to John Krasinski after uh, shooting it, you do realize you made a silent film. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean. So
3: the creatures, you have to.
2: They're blind. Okay. So. So you
3: can't make any noise or they'll make, kill you.
2: You can't make any noise because if you make noise, they know where you are. But if you don't make noise, they can't find you because they're blind.
3: So a slight whimper even.
2: Anything. <laughs> it sounds like something you and I should go see this weekend. Mm, like me i mean those tonight. people are
3: gushing about this movie i oh, haven't heard any any critics gush about a movie in a long time
2: yeah mike evans as i said uh, just loved it um timmy lammers i believe just loved it as well everybody that's talk talking about a quiet place is it's just fantastic huh. which bothers me because whenever that happens then yeah. i go see so you go really this is what you were gushing about
3: on the comments there, are there any and are there, are there any normal people that saw it that are saying decent things, or is it comments. all? Are they all fighting about politics?
2: Uh, it says, "Eh, there's no horror, just raw violence and gore." I think the last horror movie that actually got me was Nightmare on Elm Street. Last year, Get Out Surprise Critics and Wild Audiences. This year Quiet Place is doing the same. Thrillers have uh, that have more on their minds. And in both cases, small movies that opened big and delivered the goods. Bravo to John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Uh Bob, I do not watch horror movies. They scare the crap out of me and people around me do not like the smell. I'm still scared of the swamp monster. Was he talking about the thing? Swamp thing. Not the thing, but swamp thing. Yeah, there you go.
3: I don't know. So One of your haters is a Swamp Thing. I know that.
2: Oh, I have another. What are you going to talk about, the
3: haters again? No, she's the original hater.
2: Oh, the original hater? Yeah,
3: I call her Swamp Thing.
2: Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. Well, she's. A, I'm sure she's a real genius. How are things at Lane Bryant? Thank you very much. Great to be here. That's an inside joke, but it all works out in the end. Oh, that's um, shaming. Yeah, again, it, it's not a situation where whatever. I don't
3: well, I don't, I don't know. Care. It sounds like something that would be at least worth seeing, worth yeah. checking out.
2: I think maybe... Uh, if Bob
3: Sansphere goes and sees it and likes it, we know we won't like it. Right? Or
2: John Lassman. If John Lastman saw it and liked oh, it, Oh, that's right.
3: He it. told us some horrible movies oh, to go he, see.
2: He thought that other Swamp thing, what, the, the, what was the name of it again? took the Lizard. What was the name of that movie?
3: Oh, uh, the, something water.
2: No. You know what it is. Shape something of Water. Shape of Water.
3: Shape I bet of water. you
2: Rip Michaels is in studio.
3: Here
6: we go. Rip, Rip. Yes.
2: Michaels. <laughs> I know nobody makes as much noise as you do. I am the shape of the water. Moving are
7: you? Are, the, are sure? you? Did you?
3: Did
2: you see the
7: shape of some, water? Rip,
3: do you have some scales?
7: Uh, no, but I am built like a whale, so uh, I, I feel. <laughs> You're not built like <laughs> so, a whale at all. Wait, that movie was made about me. Yeah. Oh. Gained a little weight since You're my cool. uh, my pictures. That's all. Oh, just a little? Yeah, okay, I'm a lot, okay? I've gained enough weight where, like, uh, I'm going to tell you a true story. I've gained enough weight to the point where. You can't hear me. I found that I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm way too big for the rides at Six Flags. I didn't know that until you get there, so they don't tell you that. And it's the most embarrassing story ever. But I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what happened. So I go to Six Flags. My daughter's twelve. I take her to Six Flags, and it's her. She's always wanted to go to Six Flags. It's her thing. So I finally yep. take her because she's finally tall enough to get on a roller coaster. So we get on a roller coaster, and I sit next to her, and and the thing won't close. The thing they pull over your chest. The thing went on, like the Superman or the Batman ride, so it won't mm-hmm. go down. And so then the little, you know, they have like little kids running, so they're coming over there and they're just trying to push it down on my chest and they all collectively after three people trying to push it to make it snap go (laughs) sir it has to close and I'm like, okay. So what does that mean? Do you have an like on the plane? Do you have an extension, or what is that? It <laughs> was like, no, sir. It has to close. And when they say that, it slowly registers in my brain that they're saying that you're too big. That bears can't ride this ride, and you're just gross. But they don't want to say it. I heard you. So you just keep saying it over and over. sir, it has to close. And so then you see all the people in line because I'm holding up the roller coasters. There's two roller coasters behind, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm such. I'm so overweight, and my daughter's just sitting in a chair by herself, so they make me get off, and my daughter goes on a roller coaster by herself, and then she comes back with a sad face, and I'm like, sweetie, how was it? You've always wanted to roll a roller coaster. It was great, and she goes... Uh, no, we can go, Dad. We can go. I was like, you didn't think it was great? She was like, it was okay. And then what happens is my daughter's lying to me, unbeknownst to me, because we go down this thing and they give you, a, they show you a picture of what you are on the ride. And so I'm looking at the picture, my daughter is screaming, having the time of her life. And I was like, I thought you said you had no uh, fun. And she's like, I'm sorry, Dad <laughs> I had so much fun, but I didn't want to embarrass you because I didn't tell you to stay up late eating hot dogs and ice cream. I'm so sorry, you're so fat. Uh, <laughs> so I spent the whole Six Flags <laughs> yeah. getting on no rides. I think the only ride I can get down was the hot dog line. I think that I went there like three times. <laughs>
2: What's wrong with the hot dog
7: line? <laughs> yeah, no so, question. I got to definitely get back in the gym. So, well,
3: you you must be. It, it's better to be a little on the heavy side with our weather.
7: Yeah, it is yeah, freezing it out here. Warmer. It is absolutely Free- freezing, terrible. freezing cold. And I'm from Chicago. And I'm not used to this. I, I guess I'm not dressful because it's spring. So I bought a little thin jacket, and I feel like oh. I'm wearing. I feel like I got to dress with the back out because I keep just. Touching my back. <laughs> why,
6: why, why is this wing cutting my lower spine?
3: Oh.
6: Murray, Murray where did you grow up? I grew up here. Uh, I was raised here. Oh, I was so born in Southern you. California, but I was raised here in Minnesota. You were raised in Minnesota? Yeah.
2: How did you end up here from Southern California? Uh, my family
6: runs an import-export business, so we did uh, jewelry, oh, okay. clothing,
2: that kind of stuff. And
6: it just so right they're the here. mob?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, pretty
6: much. Now, is this an import-export business that's run out of your trunk? Uh, yeah. Absolutely not. We have storefronts. We, we like to keep it legit. <laughs> we like to keep it legit. Oh, <laughs> that's a good thing.
2: That's good. <laughs> that's a good thing. Murray gets picked on a lot when he comes in, Rip. It just happens. You know, it just happens that way. And well, by the way, Rip, just one one quick uh, quick note. Like this morning, you were looking for me. You're not going to find me this afternoon either. I,
7: I'm realizing that. <laughs> I'm realizing that as I look into the camera, uh, like Mad Max. And I'm, just it and
3: I'm like, <laughs> It's too cold to go out. I was like, it's too cold, it's too to, cold, go cold to go out. I
2: love your life. I
3: love mm-hmm.
2: your life. <laughs> it does work out well in horrible weather. There's no doubt about that. It does work out in horrible weather, but... Mary, I got to tell you, we had so much fun this morning when Rip came on the uh, morning show. It just—I uh, always love meeting new people that I find to be very, very funny and a good interview. And, crit- and Catherine is here with me. My wife is here with me. Usually, my, our son is here, and some days our daughter's on the show. But it's just Catherine to me. And and I—I I, I saluted Rip this morning because one of the first things he said is that that he's a Christian. Mm-hmm. I said, "Man, that's taking a, that's taking a chance in show business telling yeah, people you're days, a Christian." Right. But, uh, hey, I love it. I think it's wonderful you're a very honest guy and you're a very funny guy. And that's that works for me. Yeah, I think it was a solid interview,
6: man. Thank was, you very, very much. I appreciate it. it.
7: I was nervous, too. I was I was extremely nervous. But you guys, uh, working with you guys was great. And your your staff was super cool, too. And then Murray's over here dressed like a, a video game boss. He got, like, a chain on. I don't know if you can see what he's wearing. <laughs> 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 like the that's guy Murray. you've been on the last level. I was like, he's wearing a Murray.
8: You're on the last <laughs> level, <laughs> Murray. <laughs> Murray. Fight,
2: Murray, on the last level. Yeah, Murray's a last level kind of guy. There's no question about it. But he's so. Super so cool. why were you nervous? Uh, are, are, uh, I'm sorry. The only the only reason I ask you that, the only reason I ask you why why you were nervous, is because I once in a while do radio tours to promote this show, and I hate them i got to be very honest with you. I hate doing radio interviews, radio tours, because 99% of people have no idea how to interview somebody. Mm. Don't you find that to be true?
7: Uh, yeah. That's why, that's why your, your interview was so great, because it was, you made me comfortable right off the back, And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Then it just turned fun, because most people are just driving. And, like, and they're really getting you out of there. I feel like sometimes you go, and it's just they're doing it out of obligation. Like, oh, he's at the comedy store all weekend. Rick Michael's. And then just so quick, and <laughs> I, I gotta try that. Oh, and
2: Murray's with him too. <laughs> Murray
7: live at the comedy store, making his way to main stage. It's Rip Michaels, ladies and gentlemen, You're coming down there <laughs> like a like a gentleman's club announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> get your ones off for Rip no, Michaels.
2: Great, so I thought it was a great it, interview. It, it. Well, thank you very much. It's very nice of you, but I am actually interested in, in people and uh, the different lives they they live. I'm very proud of you and the fact. I don't even. We've never met in person, but I'm very proud of the fact that uh, Rip stepped up. He has a 12 year old daughter that he raises by himself. She's been with him for the last 10 years. Uh, Any time a father steps up like that, I'm very, very proud to say that I'm a, I'm a father myself. And Catherine and I have two children. It, it just you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, and that's what all people should do, right? Yeah. Everybody. I agree. Everybody.
7: I, I, there's no wonderful. trophy for being the person you're supposed to be. <laughs> what did Chris Rock say? People <laughs> want awards award true. for being the dad, Be like you're supposed to do that,
2: right? You know? That's exactly right. We'll be right back. More Tom Bernard Show with Rip Michaels. Could you send that to (laughs) North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernardo, our very special guest, Rip Michaels, is at the Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Tonight, two shows, tomorrow night, two shows, and a show on Sunday. And Melina and Murray, you probably know this too, and Rip, my wife, Catherine, is on the comments section in the newspapers again. I, I, I don't know why she loves it so much. I, Rip, honest to God, and Murray knows this, and Melina knows this, but every time something good happens to me, the newspapers just shred me. They hate my guts. What? But the, Oh, yeah, they hate me. You know, honest to God, Rip, it's a weird world in that because I treat everyone the same, I'm a racist. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they think. Because I talk to everybody the same. I treat everybody the same. Uh, they think, there's a woman... Now she she wasn't an, uh, you know like a far lefty she was a far righty she she believes that uh, I should uh, be fired because Jesus hates bigots and I'm a bigot. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I got them on both sides, man. I got wow. them on both sides going after me. But there's a there's a trifecta apparently this week. Uh, they're going after me. They're going after, you know, my pillow, Mike Lindell. You know the My Pillows you see on TV. The guy's uh, yeah. he's all yes. a My pillow. They one.
7: made in America. My factory. In my backyard. Right. Yeah, my pillow.
2: That's my pillow. Well, Mike Lindell's a good friend of mine. They rip him to shreds. And now Tim Palenti, who used to be the governor of Minnesota, is going to run for governor again. So they're ripping the hell out of him, too. Mm-hmm. There's a trifecta going this week, Murray.
6: Man, I'll tell you what. As long as they uh, <laughs> keep you in the conversation, we'll be all right. Wow. I, I would
7: never think some the, the my pillow guy would be <laughs> he seems
6: so nice. It's like my pillow.
7: Right? Yeah, I
6: watch his commercial all the time. I go to his kiosk all the time. Oh his kiosk I didn't know he had a kiosk. He's got a couple of different kiosks. A lot of lazy workers, but Love the kiosk. What if you expect
7: lazy workers in the pillow factory?
2: (laughs) 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 Why is everybody sleeping on a job? We
7: make (laughs) pillows.
2: Rip, I got to introduce you to Mike Lindell someday because Mike Lindell, you will notice in his commercials, you can always see the crucifix around his neck because he is a big time Christian. Yeah. And that's why they hate him.
7: Yeah. Wow. Being ostracized (laughs) for religion now is crazy. It is. It's definitely it happening. Really we were talking about
2: that earlier. It's really. It's really happening um, everywhere. It is. It is. Very yeah, it true. So you got to read one comment on on Pawlenty now. You, are uh, you on Pawlenty or Are you on Lindell? Or are you? Are you on me now? No. She loves this. She loves to read me. Look. Listen to how much this person hates you, honey. Well, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.
6: <Tom laughs> uh, it's all good. <laughs> that's
3: hilarious. <laughs> okay one one of the comments. Um, Here she goes. Uh, yeah, if, his if campaign she... slogan, Make Minnesota Broke Again. Ooh, is that the best you can do? Uh, yep, one of the great ultra douches of our time.
2: <laughs> uh, ultra douche?
3: I didn't <laughs> know that thing.
2: Douche. I didn't either. <laughs> no <idea.
7: laughs> I will look for that next time in Infinity Product. Do you have any ultra douche?
3: What an effing Ooh, yeah. joke. Just give ultra? me a minute while I puke.
2: You notice I said I said just give us one comment. My wife loves negative comments about people. She knows so much she can't stop reading them.
3: (laughs) Wow! Like I said, what I just love is that you know um, this this newspaper, which not really a newspaper. It's like a giveaway uh, things to do around town. super super liberal which is fine you can be sure. as liberal as you'd like to be yep. i don't care but anytime there's somebody that they don't like i mean they they always print a an article about them and then they just trash them it's just like that's yeah. not that's not journalism
2: well i think the problem you have is and and actually rip and i talked about this earlier this morning just briefly didn't spend a lot of time on it but Anytime your religion, you use your religion to hurt someone else, that's a horrible thing. But every time you use your ultra-tolerance to hurt someone, first of all, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they
3: don't seem to see that it's you, the same thing.
2: If you're ultra-tolerant, and plus, in fact, don't use your political beliefs to hurt people. And it's amazing to me. Here's the deal. Here's how it is, Rip, because this doesn't make any sense to anybody. Any Anybody I first meet doesn't make any sense. But see, my deal is, and I I talked about this a great deal on April 4th, I grew up very poor with six brothers and sisters. My mother raised us. My father was was, uh, mentally ill, and he was institutionalized when I was 10 years old, and he wasn't around much before then either. But so to me, I grew up in a neighborhood that was mixed race people of all races there weren't a lot of Asians but there weren't a lot of Asians in Minnesota at the time they just weren't there were some but not a lot so I treat everyone the same I couldn't possibly care what color your skin is what your religion is what your gender is what your orientation is I don't care about any of that stuff all I learned from dr. Martin Luther King jr. was the content of your character that's what matters to me. I, I, I feel it deeply every April 4th because Martin Luther King was my hero when I was a little boy. Okay, I'm white, but Martin Luther King, black, but 50 years ago, 50 years ago, he was my hero. So how I went from that to a bigot, I don't understand. But apparently that's they figured that out somehow. Wow. I don't know how
7: wow to it's be ostracized weird. like that is crazy i mean that's how you're supposed to be, people treat people uh, equally and i don't understand why you why you're not supposed to give anybody special treatment it's supposed to be treated equally i think when, even when you give special treatment See, it becomes yeah. a form of of racism i mean if you're going to speak to me hey Absolutely. good morning rip like don't talk to me good morning like what am i
3: slow <laughs> what can i what can i help you with today what yeah. can i do for you
7: would you like any neutral colored coffee? Like, you mean black coffee? Or would you, oh, we don't do <laughs> that here. We don't
3: use those words. Oh, don't say. We
2: don't, don't say, don't black, say coffee. black coffee. Don't say black coffee. It's terrible. You can't do that. But, but seriously, I I, I think the world will wake up one of these days and realize. Mm, I don't know that using your religion to kill people and to hurt people is is a really bad idea. And pretty much all religions have been guilty of it, but not in the last several hundred years. A couple of them have. And then also when when you uh, use your politics to hurt other people, a la um, I hate you because you don't believe what I believe, it's got to stop. I mean, it, it just has to stop. That makes sense, doesn't it?
7: I think so, a thousand percent.
2: I love it. See now, and you have a vo- You have a national voice, Catherine Rip has not one but two TV shows. Big shot that he is. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I'm
7: still trying to get it. I got some big uh, shot friends nah uh-uh. that, that always keeps me humble when I'm around people. You're like, oh my God, this is a thirty million dollar house. Yeah, this is this is super nice. Can I spend a night? Yeah. yeah so so oh, being around a different house can be nice. Yeah, being around different people. Um it always keeps you grounded and you know, I've just been blessed to to work a lot this year and been blessed to have some of my, my projects actually, you know, uh, uh come forth and it's just been a great year. It's been you know, with the tour, with the you know, the the hungry in the hood with the off the rip, all that it's just been a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it, and it's it's, it's plenty more because I'm just not really you know working. I, I've been behind the scenes for a lot of years, writing for from Anthony Anderson all the way down to Brandy Jackson, Cedric, just a lot of different mm-hmm. people, and you know it's been my turn to finally get into the light, and it's been
2: fun. God, it was so funny. Like this week's blackish. With uh, speaking of Anthony Anderson. His son refuses to go to Howard University. It just pisses him off. <laughs> it's really funny. It's very funny. He gets into Howard University, and Dad's Anthony's full all Full-ride scholarship, full too. Full-ride scholarship. Oh, I'm so happy. Howard University, uh, traditionally a black college. It's unbelievable. We had to go to Howard because they wouldn't let us in white colleges. Well, Dad, I'm going to Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The funny Fantastic. Episode. It's a funny episode. Yeah, it was a very, very fu- funny episode. He's a very nice man. I, I see. That's the whole thing. As, as I, I've, I've interviewed people. I used to love to have Charlie Murphy on the show. I used to. Um, see, I was a huge fan of Black Jesus. You
3: mean Charlie Murphy? Charlie Murphy. Charlie you mean Charlie Murphy? Murphy. <laughs> Darkness. <laughs> Charlie Darkness <laughs> Mur- is spreading everybody. Darkness. <laughs> Darkness is in <laughs> <under> the room. <laughs>
2: No, see, I'm sorry, but Catherine and I would sit and watch Black Jesus. And when Charlie Murphy was the landlord or the hilarious. superintendent or whatever he was, and he would come in and say things to people. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and then we would have him on, on the show, and I'd go, gee, I wonder, I wonder if we should edit out that part. What is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. Because he would just say whatever he wanted to.
7: Yeah, love I Charlie love Charlie for that. I've known Charlie for a while, and yeah, I, I love him for that.
2: Oh, that was tough. That was a tough deal right there because Charlie Murphy was hilarious. And he was just really getting, getting
7: his to- just dues to me. Like, he was just getting really, you know, coming underneath, yep. uh, from under yep. the umbrella of Eddie and just, like, being known as himself with the tour wow. that they were doing with, um, uh, what is it? I forgot the name of the tour. Uh, what was
8: the name of the tour, Moses? Oh.
7: Uh, with George Lopez Wait a minute, you
8: have Moses with you?
7: Yeah, he's right there He's right there in his, in his wool coat Moses. I don't know if you see him
2: <laughs> Moses, Hello. I gotta tell you something I really <laughs> like the job you do in the Bible It's unbelievable
8: <laughs> I do my best, I do my best <laughs> I do my best no, I Moses, do my best. We, Moses you it, on the morning show as well? well oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I was it. there It was there. an awesome interview I loved it
2: well, Moses, you get you should see. I love having. Now, I, do you do you do you, uh, you work with Rip?
8: Yes, management.
2: No, oh, you manage Rip? Yes, correct. Oh, I love talking to managers. I really do. I love talking to managers Uh-oh. because.
3: Uh, well, he can't say what he really wants to in front of him. Oh, <laughs> Moses! Will, Moses is that dude.
7: Moses will tell you exactly what it is to your face.
3: <laughs> okay, that's why I love right.
7: Moses. It's like one of the richest people I ever met.
2: Now, how long? How long have you known Moses?
7: Uh, at least 10 years. At least 10 years. He worked with Michael Blackson. I've, I've always seen him. And always, like, when all those people you try to get attention to, be like, hey,
2: I'm
9: over
7: here. And he was like, okay, Rip, I'm getting on this private jet uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs>
8: I'd love to talk, yeah. but I don't have time. Now I've always. Uh, no, that's great. Rip is one of those guys that you've always, no matter who you put on stage with him, he'll get that standing oh. It doesn't matter how big the comic
2: yeah. is. He's that talented. I can see. Nice. I can see that. Now I'll give you an example of why some people hate me because they don't understand it. About what? Because I say things like, "I'm about to say, what's it like being in a room with one Sicilian and three black people?" <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: what's They're it like? like, "What?" <laughs> <try> to <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "I'm gonna try to think." But the Sicilian is a big bl- uh, He is a big man. Michael Molina. Did you guys meet Mike Molina, mm. or did you just? Oh, I, I thought you were doing it like a yeah, uh, you walk into a a, 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 a bri- you're talking oh, about the no. radio station.
7: I thought you were doing one of those jokes where you'd be like a, a black man, white man, which I didn't walk to a bar. I didn't know what was going, so I thought, uh, I I thought it was a right setup. Here right I'm oh, so right, I'm okay. right okay. there right now. Oh, that's I that didn't catch that. I am so that totally went over my head. I didn't catch it. I'm so sorry. I thought it was I thought you were giving no, me a no, setup. Like what what does it feel like? Oh, oh. So, oh I, no. That's great. Everybody's super it's super warm. It's it's like like family here. I think everybody treats me super nice.
2: See that's how it, that's how it should be. Yeah, Molina is a very very proud Sicilian. There's no question about it. Don't Forget about it,
7: huh? <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do, huh? Forget about it's it. It's eggplant over here.
8: <laughs> <laughs> see
2: that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Eggplant oh, about. I'm I'm like, Eggplant
7: <laughs> Parmesan over here, hey, this, guy. <laughs> this guy. See
3: this guy.
2: that's how
10: I see the Murriani,
2: huh?
3: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: He went with Moulignan. Oh,
3: God. That is
2: a, uh, Now, I should explain to people that Moulignan, all Moulignan means is eggplant. That's what it means. It's melanzan, only it's mispronounced by Mike's people. But it's also used to describe uh, something else.
3: <laughs> <Some> <laughs> delicious you know
2: nicknames bubble. for people. <laughs> <Delicious> I know. <laughs> <nicknames>.
3: What <laughs> is it about the Italian? It's always food.
2: It's always some
7: it's kind always of delicious
3: food. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the best thing you could ever call sure about <laughs> I knew that. That uh, man. That's phenomenal. That is absolutely fantastic. It really is.
8: Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you know? Oh, it's Chicago. Uh, Chicago, not, of know. course,
7: in New York. In New York, you get to be around like that's the the blessing of living in New York. I get to entertain so many different uh, ethnicities in New York. Like sometimes I'll do yeah. uh, a show yeah. and it'll be all Russians, and I'll be like, "Hey, it's me. This is Nikolai. This is me. I'm from Southside <laughs> Moscow. You you never heard black Russian? No. Are <laughs> <laughs> you out in Brighton it's Beach? Y'all. Yeah, Brighton Beach.
2: He's out in Brighton Beach. That's right. That's exactly it. Now see Rip and Moses and Murray and Mike. Honest to God, that's what's funny to me because that's how I grew up. But now, if I do that, oh wait a minute, you can't do that. You're an older white guy. You can't. You can't say things like that. Why? What, happened what? to the world, man? Because they're crazy. They think they're tolerant, but they're the la- They're far from liberal and tolerant. They oh oh you can't do that. Oh that's that's really offensive. Like come on, man.
6: Yeah. That's how we get to know each other. The issue is everybody's nice to everybody's face, and they go and write reviews at home. Well, yeah, hold
7: up, and exactly. you ain't even—you got different. You, Moses is Haitian, so you got all kind of different things going over here. I'm surprised Moses hit you with an uh an oh.
2: <laughs> 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 I was just in Hispaniola. As See? a matter of fact, I was on the other side. I was in the Dominican actually. Dominican, yeah. A lot of, yeah. Baseball. Yeah. A lot of yeah. baseball. A lot of a lot baseball. baseball. That's <laughs> hilarious. Well, there are man. They play some baseball. Over anywhere they would play. They will
7: play, any, they will play baseball anywhere in the Dominican Republic. Gas station field, sugar cane field. Yeah, everywhere.
2: <laughs> That's I can say that
7: because I'm half we'll
2: spent be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well we're gonna talk about that in part three. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard. Here. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer zero percent financing for thirty-six months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry.
7: Because the movies are so emotional and so real, you sit there and go like, hey, this is real. Yeah, And Stallone have y'all white people pumped, especially Italians. After Italians see Rocky, they come out the movie theater, they'd be like, Italians are funny people because they act like niggas, it's real funny. (laughs) They do. (laughs) They hold their dick more than us. to be standing around like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) here. This fucking guy over here. <laughs> hey Tony, come here. Tell Anthony to tell Antonio. To. It's always Tony. Hey Tony, tell Tony to tell Tony to I, tell Anthony to tell Antonio.
2: <laughs> I got a I got a brother named Tony, and my our son's name is Andrew Anthony. See? So you're absolutely right. <laughs> that's very funny. Oh God, that's funny. <laughs> Hey, you dropped the Some big end, and everybody laughed. See, everybody can get comfortable. It's a good thing, uh, no doubt about it. Now, now, Rip, I love the way you describe your father's presence in your life. <laughs> well, yeah, weekends and holidays. That's <laughs> right, Michael Jordan. I love that. <laughs>
6: Michael
7: Jordan. Right, because that's what Mom used to always say. He's like your dad. Get to come in here like he Michael Jordan, because like we would just run to my dad, cause, and nobody what he did. We didn't see him so much, and we would just run. So it literally, we like the Bulls when they come out the tunnel with <laughs> delight me yes. And now starting right <laughs> up. He doesn't pay Charles a boy, but he loves to give hugs and five dollars and forward to give it up for your no good father.
2: And we now, you say he's him. Spanish.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, is he Sp- Spain Spanish? What kind of Spanish? He, he's do? from Honduras. Oh, he's from Hondura. Honduras. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, but, but he would come on. <laughs> now, were there any specific holidays he would come on, or was this all holidays?
7: It was just whenever. we would never. It would, you would never know when my dad was showing. up. The times he told us he was going to show up, he wouldn't show up. And the times we thought he wasn't going to show up, he would show up. we like, now you show up. Great. Now you got to stop playing with my friends go hang on my dad. It was just funny. It was just always a, a funny story with my dad. But I love him to death. I that's remember, fantastic. I'm glad he was. Yeah, that... While he was around, I'm, I'm glad he was when he was.
2: See, that's magnificent. That's a great way to look at it. Now, Moses, I have to ask you a question. Sure. Mo- where did you grow up, Moses? Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. Now, you ever been to South Florida?
8: Of course. I
2: used to okay. go. That's oh, the ages, Jets. That's the Haitians. Ain't that's, that, 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 that where the Jets are I'm just telling you, don't mess with the Haitians in South Florida.
8: I know some. My nephews are down there. They're, 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 they're zoes. <laughs> so they, you know. Don't let Moses fool you. He
7: speaks full Creole. Like, he got this cool, like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you really? Oh, my
8: God. Of course. <laughs> I have to. I have to speak to my parents. I have to. So, so. Did your parents live in Louisiana or something? No, no. When or he says Creole, he's Haitian and, and Creole.
2: Haitian Creole. Oh, Haitian Creole. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, hey, uh, you know, uh, honestly, what's so great about that? Well, I said I just, I just was in the Dominican a couple of weeks ago, and I got back, and I hopped in a taxi in Miami, and I'm riding along, and the driver's talking to me, and I'm, and I'm going, yes, absolutely. I have no goddamn idea what he's saying to me. And it turns out he was, yeah, Creole
8: Haitian. A That's lot of taxi a, for, drivers in Miami, <laughs> he,
3: that. they
2: are absolutely. He's a great guy, yeah. but I couldn't understand yeah. one damn word he was saying to me. I'll tell you that. But he didn't. He did not know that the island was was called Hispaniola. Yeah. He yeah. he didn't know that. He just knew it was the Dominican Republic and Haiti. He did not know that the island itself. The island a, itself,
8: yes, correct. I'm
7: I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. I, I I I got a college education. I didn't know that. I was like, oh, nah, okay, well, I didn't. Well, know. I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. know that. And I also don't know the, the capital of Idaho, so I guess...
8: <laughs> <laughs>
2: is it Boise? I'm not sure. How, well, it might be. How about Vermont? Do you know the capital of Vermont?
8: I don't think... Burlington? No, no, it's... Um, Montpelier. No. Montpelier. You Montpelier? Very good, Montpelier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Montpelier everyone you know, wow, okay. Everyone wants to say Burlington because... That's where everyone goes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. See, this is what I love about life. And I I, honestly God, I try to explain to people, why would I give a rat's ass what your skin color is, your your gender is, your orientation is, your religion is. I want to hear about your culture. Now, look, Mike Molina, he's Sicilian, grew up in a very Sicilian Italian family, but he lives in a Mexican neighborhood. I, I love that stuff, learning about all these different things, about all these different cultures, because that makes life so much better. Instead of being afraid of everything like people are, learn about it, because it's really interesting how people ended up where they are, why they ended up there, how they ended up. We just had T.J. English on the show yesterday, who writes some of the greatest books ever written, like Havana Nocturne, and Paddywhacked. Oh, you know. Of course. Fantastic, fantastic writer. He just wrote a book called uh, The Corporation, which is about the Cuban Mafia. Which started in New Jersey, and finding out why the Cuban Mafia would start in New Jersey, it was because of uh, I think what do they call it, bistola. They call it I think if you call it bistola, it's the numbers, mm. the numbers game. The Cubans started in New Jersey with the Italian Mafia, and then they took over the numbers down in in South Florida. Honest to God, Moses, it's the most fascinating story about how things happened mm-hmm. uh,
8: the way they did. And, and, and how, so, how did you end up in Boston? Oh well, I, my parents came from Haiti, looking for that dream, uh-huh. <laughs> and so they. You know, um, there you go. So it, uh, Haitians usually come to either South Florida, New York, or Boston first. Those are the yeah, that's true. Those are the three cities: Miami, Boston, uh, or, or or New York. That most of the Haitians will come from Haiti to first, and then they'll. know. where, where did you grow up in Boston? Oh, I grew up, well, I lived in the, I I was born in Boston, but I grew up mostly in Cambridge, right? You know, 5 yeah, okay. minutes from Harvard.
5: I was going to say I thought maybe Dorchester, but yeah, yeah I've no, lived South. in I've
8: <laughs> lived in Dorchester. I've okay. lived in, you know, all the other parts too, but I grew up primarily in Cambridge. Yeah. I moved around a little bit. Somerville, Medford, I used to play hockey too. Um back in the day. Wow, I hockey? would never...
7: Hockey playing Haitian?
8: That's, yeah. is, that's funny. That just sounds like a... Nah, <laughs> no, disrespect. I did it all. Hockey playing Haitian? <laughs> hockey play. You know what? I played... Uh, I, I Baseball was the only sport I didn't really take to when, as a kid, but I played hockey. Wow, Cast I would never know game game.
7: that. Yeah. I, I See, look, I've known him for two years. I never knew you played hockey. He was just complaining how cold Rip it was outside.
8: Oh, I didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's different. It's not like a I hockey player. I I like cold weather, um, but you know, I'm used to it. I'm used to it.
2: We have a we have a, a man on the show. He's from St. Louis, Missouri, originally, mm-hmm. an African American. His name is J.B. and he's a hockey goalie. And you know what? You know the the face masks that hockey goalies wear, right? Mm-hmm. Rip, you know whose face he has on his hockey goalie mask? Mm-mm. Mine. <laughs> wow,
7: that's wow. funny.
8: That's
7: funny. Yeah.
2: So I, I get hit in the face all the time.
7: Yeah. Wow. yeah. The JB. You just People admit were, it on the yeah. radio that you take it in the face. Okay.
6: <laughs>
0: oh man. Oh
2: man. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> segment right now. This is getting tougher by the minute. Getting tougher by the minute. It's funny that we no, speak I, about hockey. Geez.
7: I used to actually have a job, uh, a show called Cheap and Real. I just, uh, this is my, I did it for two years, and I actually covered uh-huh. the New York Rangers. That was, the, uh, that was my thing. After the game and post interviews and stuff with the fans, it was called really? Cheap and Real. Yeah, uh, if you go look up, it's, it's still up there. A lot of the clips mm-hmm. on MSG mm-hmm. Network, and it's funny being a black. Guy, after a hockey game, trying to interview a pissed off fans is very, very interesting. I'm just gonna leave it like that.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
7: Yeah, and they're like trying to catch him, like, hey, what do you think about the game? <laughs> <laughs> and so much <laughs> yeah. Irish people the hell do you
11: here? care? <laughs> they what are you even doing here? do you care? like, the next play why, why tomorrow. I don't care now? Yeah. what I
7: think? <laughs> 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 like, exactly. I think one of the hardest jobs I ever had to do. Trying to get drunk fans That's after crazy. hockey <laughs> to interview oh, them. on, they're drunk. Like, yeah, and they're super oh. drunk. So it's like, I'm not catching them going in. I'm catching them coming out. Like, <laughs> after, oh. losing.
6: after losing. After, after losing.
7: <laughs> <laughs> and somebody after thought it was a bright the bright idea to speak. losing. Yeah, <laughs> a black guy with a camera and a microphone oh, outside man. of the
2: garden. Hey! <laughs> oh my God. I. Whose idea was that? Because it's a great idea. It was the Garden. I I, I just think they didn't think it all the way through.
7: I think they didn't think it all the way through. It was like, yeah, this is dangerous, actually.
2: (laughs) Rip, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you interview... Drunk white people who just lost the game. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, you should you should step it up. You should be wearing
5: a flyers jersey or a Bruins jersey then too. Oh yeah. that's the only thing I I could get my Bruins hat
2: on.
8: (laughs) That's the only thing I could (laughs) have did worse. I think that's the only thing. Moses, you get your
2: Bruins. Uh, Moses has his Bruins hat on right now. That's wonderful. Yeah, I gotta tell you something about um, about one of your hometown people. Uh you know, Joe Rogan obviously. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan uh, uh, does a big time podcast and does some comedy and all the rest of it. I interviewed him one time, and he's not the friendliest guy to interview. I will tell you that. <laughs> he, he's you know he's not that friendly a guy. So I'm you know, trying to loosen him up a little bit here. Like I've, all, I, I've lived all over the place and all the rest of it. and I know you know Rogan is an Irish name originally. So I said, well, so Joe, where'd you grow up? He goes in Boston. I said, are you a townie or a Southie? And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? Look, now, why would he say that to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who's been near Boston and knows anybody Irish from Boston, they're going to know who a townie or a Southie is. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I, I, don't, I don't know. He's like, I, don't, I, have no, I have no idea what you're even talking about.
8: It's like,
3: what? what mm-hmm. is that all Maybe he came from a wealthy family on the other side well, of the He, he, he would still know. Rock- He'd
2: still know. He would still know. Yeah, he would still know, absolutely would. My only thought was maybe he grew up in Roxbury and got his ass kicked on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the
8: Barry don't play. Yeah, the
2: Barry don't play. That's exactly
8: right. So there you go. See, I love that Moses. Now, how did how did you and Rip meet? I, uh, you know, through the comedy circuit, you know. So I mean, obviously, okay. I've, I've been doing this for a long time, working with different comics. And, you know, obviously I I recognize that talent, you know. Yeah, he's a very talented guy, young guy.
7: Well, thank you so very it, much. I appreciate that.
2: Well, it's a fact. Ballpark, how old are you?
7: I am 36 years old when my birthday come up. So I'm 35 now, I'm about to be 36.
2: When's your, when's your birthday?
7: Uh, I'm not saying because it's coming up very soon. <laughs> <I'm trying laughs> so we're not going to happy 35. birthday <laughs> No, hey, please. Do
2: Oh, we <laughs> No, please don't. Please don't. Now, see, that makes me happy to meet young people, you know, coming up in the business. Because I tell you what, they do say, and Murray would know this better than me, Moses would know this better than me, and Rip, you certainly would, but it, they say that it takes a comedian at least 10 years to dial in exactly what they're going to do mm-hmm. and to get really good at what they do, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, to be 35 years old in comedy is not that old, man. It's you've you got it all figured out. Do you, you guys agree with that?
6: I think a lot of comedians uh, try too hard to be comedians. And yeah, Ripper's real yeah. natural with it. Yeah, oh, thank there's, you. There's yep. some there's some with just like the flow of life and the people skills mm-hmm. and everything that mm-hmm. fits in. So there's more to Rip as a as an entertainer, I would say, than just yeah. just a comedian. That's
8: that's oh, all. No that's 100 accurate. You just throw him in a room and let it go.
7: See, I'm blushing over here I feel like I'm I'm watching my own funeral and I'm
6: <laughs> <laughs> my own eulogy I'm like it's better, to I'm hear, I'm it's better to hear while you're yeah, alive right? than in the
7: casket <laughs> I'm like roll that beautiful bean footage
2: uh,
7: <laughs> a couple more ranger
5: losses at the I garden know, right? and, uh,
3: yeah <laughs>
2: And that would have been it. Nope. That would have been every- no. But it's true though. You just you have a very natural ability to converse with people. You can be funny about it. That's uh, not everybody can do that. Some people are stage people. They can only do it mm-hmm. on stage. Whereas you kind of live it, mm-hmm. don't you think?
7: Yeah. I'm just always myself. I, I guess I never looked at it any other way. Than me just being myself. As a, that's just always has been as a kid, even on stage, off stage. I, I believe most of tell you, that's always my personality and having fun, just mm-hmm. just being me. I never looked at it as uh, an
2: ability. I just thought it was just you know being yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard work. I mean, people. I don't think most people understand how tough it is to be a comedian yeah, working on television, working on the radio, working on stage. It's a lot of work. It's very, very hard work. Uh, it's not just, hey, I show up and, you know. If you really enjoy it, it's not as hard a work as some other people would see it. But that's only if you're really good at it and really enjoy doing it. But, see, my job, I love this job. I've been I've been on the radio for 48 years now Mm. with a brief stop just doing voiceover in New York. But uh, I see this is this is a good part of my job. I got to meet you guys today and whenever I meet new people and I laugh and have a good time that I there are some days like, man, I don't know how much longer I want to do this. But then I meet people like you two and. I go, yeah, I do. I do want to keep doing this because there are more rips out there and there are more Moses out there. So yeah, this is fun for me. So this is this is as great for me as hopefully it, it will be helpful to you. I I, I love absolutely this. I, I love, I love it. it. And I think
7: you're great. I think honestly you have a, a talent. You keep, you keep it moving. Um, you keep it funny. You 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 transition extremely well and you keep it extremely entertaining. Like you keep me on my toes and I
2: I, I like that a lot. I really do. I'm pointing at my wife going, see, what I tell you, honey? Yeah. (laughs) You got a winner. You better
7: hold on to me. I'm hot hot in these streets. Enjoy that beach (laughs) view.
2: I wish we had a lot longer. Please come back soon. Come back to town soon. I love it. Thank you very much for having me. Fantastic. Oh, it's great having you on. Rip Michaels, ladies and gentlemen. Moses with him, of course. Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Tonight, two shows. Tomorrow night, two shows. And a Sunday show at 7 o'clock as well. Tom Bernard, show. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. And get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw Bryant. So what's the
0: latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long
2: time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this out of the other thing.
0: I don't know what the big deal about Cracker Jack
9: is. Did you ever go and buy a pack of Cracker Jack thinking gonna get a prize and find no prize <laughs> in the box? Here's the pitch. That might not sound important to some people, but when, you, when you're a little kid, especially from humble origin, and they cheat you out of a prize, there's a bouncing ball second baseman has the Barbary over the first it's hard to think in laudatory terms of the product
3: <laughs>
9: I think it <laughs> there was an occasional box
6: of Cracker Jacks that found no prizes for, uh, the, 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 for the little Harry Carey many years ago
9: <laughs> you got that right And <laughs> boy when a box of Cracker Jack to me meant a lot of money Here's a pitch, bounce, foul. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. One ball, one strike. These guys say, "Well, you, you sing about Cracker Jack." I said, "I only sing it because it's in the song." <laughs> Here's a pitch, foul, back. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised, even to this day, some youngsters who buy a box of Cracker Jack. Don't find a prize in the box. One ball, two strikes, two out. Well, if you're going to talk about our congressman being crooked, here's a pitch foul on a play. Why not talk about commercial products that don't do what they represent <laughs> to the do?
2: What in the hell was wrong with him? Oh my
5: God, that was one of the greatest rants. You and I had that conversation the other day, because I grew up in Chicago, and we were talking about how funny Harry Carey was, and how just... You, you could tell when he was getting bored in the middle of a game because all of a sudden you'd hear, you'd hear him turn to Steve Stone. He'd be like, hey, you know, Ryan Sandberg's name backward is Gunra's Inrai. <laughs> and Steve would be like, okay. <laughs> but my wife and I are flipping through these audio bits and, and talking oh, in that last God. hour about how our childhood impacts us. I just thought that was hilarious audio. He just won't let it go, and Steve Stone is like just awkwardly laughing through it. But you hear about the the half cent toy that wasn't in Cracker Jack and Harry he carries a full blown adult and he's still why don't he it's asinine he th-
10: that that whole thing he was he was amazing to be able to chat about something right? while he's doing the play by play and he already did that all the time I never never listened to him but what a great talent oh
5: yeah yeah he was he was fantastic and he just rolled through every play and then he just right back into the. Talk about crooked congressmen. There's a high pop fly in a left center field. Let's talk about businesses that don't live up to expectations.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> uh, what a what a remarkable guy. Oh, God. There's no. You'll, can you even think? Bob Euchre was pretty good. Vin Scully oh, yeah, was pretty Uecker good. Was, but can, nobody yeah, oh, was Vin
2: Scully the best of all time.
5: Right. But nobody could. I, I just. I don't know. Pound for pound, I just don't know anybody.
9: Into the wind up in his first offering.
0: Just a bit outside. He tried Been the outside. corner and missed. <laughs> it
5: was about
9: 45 Ball feet four. outside. Ball eight. <laughs> Ball eight. Low and Vaughn bon has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. Boy, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? <laughs> <laughs> pitches that
2: close. Yes. Yes, they are right next to the plate. Uh, God, what a great movie. That was uh, Major League, wasn't it? Yeah. Major League where wild thing was played by Charlie Sheen back when I he was enjoyable back when he was thinking a little more a little more clearly than he thinks today <laughs> <laughs> yeah harry barnard control your monkeys <laughs> i loved
10: him
5: <laughs> oh my god that just, is one of the greatest imitations tom thank you for that marvelous. memory
10: did he say oh god did he yeah. say that to you
2: yes well it was actually gel that said Harry, uh, sounds like you've had a couple of drinks already today. It's a little (laughs) early in the morning, isn't it? Long pause. Barnard, control your monkeys. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's all I know. Uh, yeah, he was one of the greats of all time. The the people that you mentioned, to tell you the truth, Bob Eucher, uh, Obviously, Harry Carey. Uh, Vin Scully was just the classic. He wasn't funny. He was just really, really good at being a baseball announcer. There were others. Ernie Harwell, of course, in Detroit. Herb Carneal in in our own Twin Cities was fantastic. Uh, I loved Jimmy Pearsall because he was so out there. You're like, holy God, (laughs) really? That's what you really think?
10: Yeah. but but it's it's God, not who was it? it's not unlike cricket where the announcer really has to carry the game because in essence on the radio baseball is a boring game and it moves at a, at a, at a very slow pace so you need somebody to be able to entertain you while you're listening to the game i mean it's a, very, a huge uh, huge skill uh, uh to do that
2: it is there's no there's no doubt about that no doubt about that being a baseball announcer it's a great skill you're absolutely right because there is no sport no slower on planet Earth than watching baseball. Oh, cricket. No, you're, 100, you're right. Yeah. I am a, I'm a huge baseball fan, but my God, if, if it's one of those games, man, it gets really boring really quickly. You know what I mean? I, I have no idea, you know. Uh, I just, I do. I love baseball. I love the Twins. I, I When they won the World Series, those two World Series, the greatest thing of all time. But I sit now and I try to watch. Uh, well, particularly to tell you the truth, particularly uh, preseason, you know, s- uh, spring training. Those games are hard to watch, man, mm-hmm. because there's nothing. N- there's nothing on the line, I- and I guess that's the difference. If there's nothing on the line, I don't find it interesting at all. And about a half dozen naked
0: folks sprawled out in my living room, Oh, and engaged Brock in Meyer. What can only be described as a
4: desperate and a hungry kind of a lovemaking. And right in the center of it all was my wife. Wa- <laughs> <laughs> my wife, Lucy. She was wearing a strap-on, and she was plowing our neighbor, Bob Greenwald. And folks, I do mean right in the ass. this is Just low count goes four, three and two. Did you say strap-on? Have you, have you kids ever seen home? that show, Dave? Uh, strap-on or is or a Ralph? belt
2: with a dildo no. on it that no. mommies use to penetrate daddy's eyes. Oh, a- you should watch it. Uh, that oh mommy he used to penetrate oh god <laughs> it's Hank Azaria and he is a phenomenal baseball announcer but his wife he, he found his wife in a sex orgy with a strap <laughs> on it he gets drunk every day and goes on and on about it it's going over the radio it's going over the stadium and uh, <laughs> the stadium speakers it's very very this is great cuz he's I'm continuing to team.
5: call the game like he's ball to and then he continues yeah, on with the exactly. story.
2: <laughs> I just It's just unbelievable. The whole thing is absolutely unbelievable. And Brock Meyer. I can't believe you became such a fan of Brock Meyer.
1: Oh, it's a great show. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> it is a great show. There is no getting around it. It's a great show. And it is coming back for a second season, right? Yep. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Because Hank Azaria started another show called Huff. Uh, was on HBO back in the day, phenomenal show, and it uh, it was. Um, oh, what the hell's the woman's name that's on uh, on Criminal Minds now? She's the head of the criminal, uh, the CSI team. Oh, what the hell? Oh, Paget Brewster. It was Hank Azaria, Patrick, uh, Paget, Paget Brewster, and the kid was the kid who who hit and killed himself with his own car. Remember that about a year ago? Um. Yeah, he had the Jeep. God, what the. Yeah, he hit himself with a Jeep. Yeah. You know. But, uh, by the way, yeah, you know, it yeah.
5: starts later this month. The first episode of second season is uh, April 25th.
2: Uh, of Brockmire? Yep. When's the second season of trial and error start? Uh, that's another one. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Let's go! Uh,
5: uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was on the phone with my brother when we were talking about that.
2: It is unbelievable. Wow. The whole thing is unbelievable uh I, there's so much great television that I, for, first of all it's been five years into it and i i don't know why i didn't know about silicon valley i had to have run the commercials for it we had to have had somebody on the kq morning show and this show about it but i just never watched it finally our daughter alex and uh god who else was talking to me about it oh uh, doug sprinthal We started watching Silicon Valley. It's hilarious because they take those Silicon Valley nerds and play them for everything they're worth. I mean, they point out every little flaw and and the nerdiness and the douchebaggery that goes on in Silicon Valley. But it's Mike Judge that wrote it, the same guy who wrote King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead and shows like that, so it doesn't surprise me. But sometimes you just, at least I do, I just miss these things, you know? Yeah, did you
5: uh, – what was that um, – well, I just started The Wife on Dexter. We'd, we were looking to kind of catch up on some shows she'd never caught before.
2: Right. Did, did you ever watch Dexter? I did, yes. Did, I didn't did you... see the final season. It was the only one I – I it, it it got tiring after a while. I it loved did. the first few years. What was it on, like five years?
5: I think, yeah, five or six years, years it made it, yeah.
2: Five or six years.
4: And yeah, near the end it tried to get to, I don't know, it just couldn't hold on to anything it was it was all over the place and it didn't make sense anymore
2: did you feel that same way about that that it was all over the place
5: well i mean when you have kind of a a one trick pony idea behind it i get that and i like that, right, that there was yeah, kind of always right. a big bad but that's you know that's kind of following the same vein as the walking dead every season we've kind of got one big obstacle we have to get past and that's kind of what dexter did but it was watching the um his persona and how he would navigate around being a serial killer who was kind of cut off from the world emotionally. So I I like going back and revisiting some of these shows. I didn't get a chance to watch or that I watched once and then go back to see him again. And I've noticed a lot more subtle nuances about the characters and just how, how well done the show was in the way that they cast it. And that's like the Sopranos, right? It's one of those, can you replace anybody on the Sopranos
2: and not have had it be the same kind of show? No right. I mean, we it's were just... talking about Zach Braff was on uh, Zach Braff was on this morning about his new TV show. Alex and Inc. Michael yeah. Imperioli, yeah, Alex Inc. Right, Michael Imperioli is on that show, and The Sopranos without Michael Imperio- uh, Imperioli would not have been the same show just because of the character he was. Right, like I, I pointed out to Zach Braff this morning when he said, "Hey, Tone, there's this new show on television. You got to watch. It's fantastic." I mean, it's like my favorite new show. It's called uh, Law & Order SUV. <laughs> 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 yes, that's what it was called. Law & Order SUV. That's exactly what, what it was called. Now, no, did, it, did you see Zach Paulie Braff's Walnut, new show? I have not seen it yet. No, Alex, Inc.?
5: Yeah, I, we watched it because I loved Zach Braff on Scrubs. But basically, yep, to yep. me, this show is is uh, uh, John Dorian grown up with kids. It's the same voiceover. Yeah. It's the same measure and meter. And even Michael Imperioli, who I was happy to see show up in there, he's just playing a, the same version of uh, Christopher.
2: Right. He's kind right. of a thug well, Italian. You know, yeah. There you go. And I, I love that stuff. But the, I think, and one thing I talked to, to Zach Braff about is shows like Alex Inc. And there are others out there, obviously. The Roseanne show is another example of it uh, popping on with a different opinion. But broadcast television needs to understand because they cannot compete with Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, and all the other, you know, Epics and all of them with the adult content, you know, the adult language and the adult content. Broadcast TV cannot compete with that, even though it's not broadcast TV anymore. But um, they need to lock into that family hour stuff. They really, really do. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that's what Zach Braff was talking about today with Alex Inc., that that it's family television. And we do have a need for that because, you know, I love love watching the Joel McHale show, which is on Netflix now. It was on the E! Entertainment Network back in the day because KP Anderson is from Cambridge, Minnesota, and his brother, you know, uh, Mr. Fun, Joe Anderson, known him for a long time as well. Um, now that it's on Netflix, he swears. He drops the F-bomb once in a while. And at first it was like, whoa, that's weird. Because it's it's a new version of the old show, Mm -hmm. but now that they can drop the F-bomb and all the rest of it, it's a different show now. Just for that very reason. They can talk about things, and Mike, you can cut this out if you'd like, whatever. But there's a certain part of Austria... And I don't know what part it is, but the the word for a young child is cunt. (laughs) That's what they call young children. But I'm sure it's close to kind, which kinder, kindergarten, kinder, kinder, kinda. And and they could have never played that on on e Entertainment Network. Right. Even though it doesn't mean the same thing, and it's not actually the same word because it's spelled differently. But you still couldn't say it because it's so far over the line. It's like, Ugh, God, you can't say that. Right?
10: Right. And that wasn't. So I think things that, like Alex that, Incorporated. Yeah, that wasn't one of the seven words for uh, George Carlin either. It wasn't in that list.
2: I, oh, wasn't it? Really? No. I suppose not.
10: Nope.
2: Yeah, I suppose that's true. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard's show. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers?
1: Tommy, at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most.
2: Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great it is working with Bill's Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK.
4: Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. He
9: stands like a statue. Becomes the machine. all the bumpers.
8: Always plays clean. Plays by intuition. We are back
2: with EO. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've just been talking about uh, shows on uh, on the major networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and, of course, Fox. But some of these other networks now, like Amazon, has massive viewership. Mm-hmm. There are shows on there like Sneaky Pete uh, has done very, very well with, uh, I mean, a great cast. The cast on that show is, is amazing. So there's a lot of competition. I think it's a situation you know we were kind of talking about this the the difference now between podcasting digital am radio fm radio that 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 podcasting needs to understand where it is fm needs to understand where it is and am radio certainly has a use but i mean all three of them they're going to have to understand what they're doing and what they're all about and become hey you know ian Punnett, you know him very very well darkness dave He thinks they should start using vulgarity on AM radio just because there's no law against it. People think there's a law against it. Right. And you can be fined, but if you've ever fought that fine in court, you'd win. He actually said, I think they should be dropping the F-bomb on AM radio and the rest of it because it would draw a big audience because it would become adult radio. I think it's a very smart idea. Matter of fact, I was talking to people at Cumulus about that five, six years ago Uh, And and Ian thinks the same thing, that that if FM were normal every day, hey, listen to it on the way to work with the kids, uh, stayed what it was, and AM became a more adult format, which was pretty much talk, but very adult talk. Like when this show is uh, edited, it has to be edited to send to uh, the radio stations it's on. If you made AM radio... Non and I gave it a non-edited form. It would turn into a huge business because the combination of the digital format of the podcast, along with adult radio on AM, it would have a lot of value. Not to you know say oh let's filth it all up and all the rest of it, but basically AM radio would become the format, the signal, which is like well you're just having normal adult conversations.
4: Well, but isn't that what XM already is?
2: Yeah, but XM is an, yeah XM already is that, but. XM's a pain in the ass,
5: but it's elitist. You have to pay and for it. It's not something that's part awry. of it. But yeah, the only problem too. I think you run into there's there's a twofold problem with that, Tom, is the fact that then all of a sudden you go from one Howard Stern on an AM station to everybody's trying to do that. So yeah, so then
4: definitely would yeah,
5: that that's an overboard. And then the other aspect is then that just unleashes the anger more because if you're allowed to say and curse, there's no dignity in you. You can make a well pointed. Uh, you know, a conversation that doesn't have to revolve around the F word or no, C word or name it. calling, but I think people will automatically go to that, and it becomes car wreck radio.
2: I hope that's true because they haven't yet. What you hope it goes to car wreck radio? No, no, no I, I just hope I just hope that it, that that AM radio finds its identity again because it's a as far as basic radio listening is concerned, it's pretty much all on FM now. You know, even though this show is on AM radio, that's one of the reasons we we started doing what we were doing, taking a podcast format and and syndicating it on the radio. And we've done well, uh, from what I understand, from the different markets that, you know, we had the highest share in in St. Cloud and I I think Detroit and Brainerd and uh, those places. But it doesn't compare to FM because people are so used to now tuning to FM. AM radio, there's, there's some of the most legendary radio stations in America are AM, WL, WLS AM in, in, in Chicago, KSTP, uh, and WCCO AM in Minneapolis-St. Paul. You go around the country, you know, the, these huge AM signals, you can't just let them die on the vine. You've got to find a different use for them. They can't be the same as FM radio. We need Wolf
11: right?
10: and
2: Jack. Yeah, get another Wolfman Jack. Well, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Anyway, I loved Wolfman Jack.
10: Yeah, an adult Wolfman Jack. I mean, it's not someone who can uh, use certain language or talk about certain topics that you wouldn't. But you're right; you don't want it to degenerate into um, an overuse of um, of uh, profanity. I mean, I think that really did de- no detar- detracts from it. I mean, mm-hmm. but but to I be able think- to yeah, be able to express yourself is fine.
2: I just think it'd be what I'm talking about is a show like this one we don't go nuts with you know the, the F-bombs and the, the big C and all the rest of it I just mean that it's not completely banned and not allowed yeah you're right I mean you, you brought up Howard Stern earlier when he first started on XM he dropped the big C about every other word from what I understand and it got really old and I think he realized that very quickly it's like no this is not what we we're looking for at all so i understand exactly what you guys are talking about yeah well um
10: my experiences you know. with uh, triumph the insult comic dog whenever he was on conan and whenever he did the uh the broadcast bits um there was a lot of innuendo and the language was crafted in a very unique way which i appreciated. yeah but when i heard him on a a broadcast that was not uh uh censored it was, it was just all sorts of profanity came with it and i said well this is this is you've lost your charm there's no there's no, no i agree no, there was, i understand it was, it was it was not funny it just it had no sense of uh, not funny at all so he really lost his nerve just because of that so he, it's a fine line between a little bit enough and too much so razor's edge i
2: agree absolutely i agree it is razor's edge but i think it needs to ha- am has to do something because those signals are just way too big and way too important, they're very clear now. You know, I am. Uh, look, to sit in North Minneapolis and be able to listen to WLS radio, and if I got lucky, WCFL, uh, which is now got what what is CFL now? It's a, I said, I think the loop is now a uh, Christian, Christian, Christian radio station.
5: station.
10: Yeah. yeah, it's Christian. Did yeah. you pick up KNX? Uh, I think you'd be picking up KNX. Yeah, you could pick
2: up. You could pick up
4: KNX. You could pick WCFL up. WCFL is now WMVP. WMVP oh, sp-
2: sports radio, yeah. huh? Sports. Uh-huh. And don't forget WGN. I, think, I mean, WGN, absolutely. But huge, huge. But not new, one of the first yeah. fifty
10: thousand watt stations. Let's be clear. Let's be. honest. I, mean, I don't want you to, you know, say anything. But and that, that was KDKA, KNX, and uh, WLS.
2: KDKA no, no, was not, the very not, first radio not, station in America.
10: Yeah, not WLS. It was what's the one in uh, Chicago, uh, in LA. Wolfman Jack was on it. Uh, I thought he was on in New Mexico. He, he was he in went, Mexico.
2: He was on in. He, well, the 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 he was in Los Angeles, but the transmitter was in Mexico. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, it was X. It was X. I can't remember what the hell the call letters were, but he was on. An, he was on. Yes, he was on a big radio station in LA as well. But, yeah, KDKA was the very first radio station in all of America in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It was the very first radio station. So, uh, yeah, I'm not talking about going on and just spewing vile filth. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But having adult conversations and be able to talk about things you can't talk about on FM radio and you can't talk about on broadcast television. I mean, yeah, there are some shows on on, uh, Hulu and Amazon. They're just using it. They're saying the words because they can say the words. Yeah. Andy, and do, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm Andy, talking about adult conversations.
4: Andy, do you listen to radio? Uh, well, I mean, for one, I don't really have the means because I barely ever drive, and I don't own a radio at home. So, I guess by default, no.
2: You don't. But he also doesn't watch television.
4: They're correct that, that well, too. Well, that's uh, is there a parallel
10: there? Well, who owns you know you, you have your iPhone? Your iPhone would be play anything. You can listen to, uh, you can listen to the morning show on your iPhone. It works quite well. So
4: we have that. Well, with TV, it's because it costs money for yeah. something. I don't really care about that yeah. much. Radio doesn't cost money.
10: Yeah. That, but it's just interesting that you know that, that there might be there, it's just the generational thing is that entertainment comes in a different way because yeah, so much maybe. Inter, so much entertainment yeah. on your phone is free as well. So you can watch YouTube, but I mean, there's so much you can watch and consume just with your phone or or your you know your smart device. That you know is I mean, maybe it is doomed. Uh, who knows? It you know, might. I hope not. Well, it
2: might be because you look at it in when I was a teenager and in my twenties, there were TV shows and movies about radio. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them. Their the FM was a big, big movie. WKRP was a big TV show. <laughs> right. There were there are lots of even shows and movies about about radio. Yep. Yeah, Fraser was right. about talk radio. KACL right.
4: seven eighty F or AM. 780 fm that's a high frequency it was 780 fm no 780 a.m oh i was gonna say (laughs) Well, see that's that's why i think shows like
5: coast to coast a.m have survived because they they go outside of the normal topics of sports and local media and and politics to discuss a wide variety of things and that's where i think art Uh bell struck kind of a gold mine when he created coast to coast was that he had found a way to right. expose something that people weren't getting enough of on regular talk radio.
10: And he was able to centralize the talent. It was a central tenant when, when it was syndicated, went out to many stations mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, now you have to do that to just to save money. That's why he got such a wide listenership late at night because these people were looking for, looking for uh, programming. Hey, here we go. Arts around.
2: Right. And you've got, oh, I remember when tit- Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I remember when, when television used to sign off. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I would listen to all night radio. You know, the sign-off tone? Yeah, you know, the sign-off tone. The television would AKA, actually go off the ear.
4: A.K.A. turn your damn television off tone?
2: Exactly. The tone was so annoying, turn your damn television yeah. off. That's exactly right. So, yeah, it's a different world now. It's a completely different world. But I still think any medium is viable if you figure out how to use it properly.
4: Well, you can't just have it be podcasts but on the radio because... No, no,
2: no, that's not what I mean. You
4: can't compete with the format of downloading it whenever you want to. So it has to make use of the fact that it's 24 hours a day somehow. I do think, though, the one problem that I have with podcasting,
2: podcasting keeps changing... To fit Hollywood, and that does bother me. They keep altering how they do it and how they how they measure it to fit big stars like Mark Maron. If he weren't well known nationally, no one would listen to that podcast. Do yeah. you think?
4: A lot of the more famous podcasts, people just kind of listen to it because they're supposed to, yeah. Or they feel like they're supposed to.
2: That's exactly what I'm saying. And now. What they've done now when they measure podcasting is they've cut out re-enters. It's like, oh, this guy already downloaded it, and he left, and then he came back. Well, we can't count that. Well, they do on radio. If you listen to a radio station and then leave and come back a half hour later, uh, sorry, but Nielsen counts that as two separate listens, because that's what it is, is two separate listens. They don't do that on podcasting. And you want to know my opinion why they don't do that on podcasting? Because the big shots all do one-hour podcasts a week. Some of them do one a few times a week. But they literally fine-tuned the way it's measured now to fit their format, which was a big mistake. That was a huge mistake. Because when you sit down and listen to, like, like Bill Burr, for instance. And I'm a big Bill Burr fan. He does his once a week. I think, he, was it Monday morning?
10: Monday and Thursday. I think
2: that's when he did it. Monday. Oh, he does Monday and Thursday now. Yeah, but
10: Thursday is just a very short thing, and then he does uh, repeat. Oh,
2: okay. That's what. So is what he does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I love Bill Burr. I think he's very very funny. He's a very interesting guy. I mean, here's a guy who figured it out when his first one of his first advertisers, maybe his very first advertiser, was Sherry's Berries. He's going, "What the hell is this, Sherry's Berries?" And he went on and on, and they sold millions of Sherry's Berries because of it. Because he figured that whole deal out. But for people who are not, you know, really well-known stand-up comedians or movie stars or, you know, whatever, it's, a, it's a really a bad way to measure podcasting the way they do it now. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree with that, Dave? Yeah, I think,
5: I think that's the big change. You know, one of the things that, that kind of threw the radio station we worked for into a tizzy, uh, when our new program director came in, it was a, po- a political talk radio station. He takes me and, and Tim in, and he, he looks at us and he goes, "Why are you on our station?" And I, I kind of looked at him. I go, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "What what purpose? What business do you have being on the station?" And then he looked at his day part, which was noon or six p.m. to midnight, and he said, "This is a hor- oh my god, the ratings are in the garbage." And I said, "Well, we're only on from ten to midnight. Can you look at that?" And he look he stops and looks at me and leans across the desk and he goes, "Oh, you think uh, Laura Ingram's bringing you down?" And I said, "Well, I don't know. Can we measure just our hours?" Then he goes, 10 to midnight." And I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Okay, let's do that." And he punched it in. And all of a sudden, he looked across the desk at Tim and I, and he goes, "Oh, that's why you're on my station." And I said, yeah, "What's see, that?" There you go. And he goes, uh, "He goes, Doctor Laura or Laura Ingram is on before you, and she's averaging a thousand people listening at any given time for fifteen-minute segments per hour. You guys are a on for two people. right." He goes, "You guys are averaging ten thousand listeners." That are staying with for 45 minutes of the show, as opposed to a 15-minute segment. He goes, now I understand where you're coming from. And that was late night. He said, you guys are appointment radio. That's what they're trying to rebuild again. And that's what they need to come up with, is shows that you tune in to hear those shows.
2: Yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm talking about, to hear adult conversations. Not necessarily a ton of swearing, but the ability to say whatever you do want to say. That's what I'm talking about. So I'm not talking about foul mouth radio. I'm just talking about being able to say what you want to say. Uh, it would turn that, it would turn amplitude modification, or was it?
10: Amplitude modulation. Modulation.
2: modulation. There you Ampli- Amplitude modulation. There you go. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months,
5: Hello, Seattle. The people who know me best will not be surprised by what I'm about to tell you. I am not a man who betrays his principles. I am not a man who misleads his listeners, and I am not a man who will shrink from a fight. Today, I find myself in a fight over the content of my show. But rather than truckle to the forces of commercialism, I've decided to take a stand on principle, even if it means... I'm not in the air, am I? No.
3: You put on the best of Crane.
5: How much did I get out?
3: Well, let's see.
5: People who know me best will not be surprised by what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> I am not a man.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's fantastic! I am not a man. I think that's wonderful. Mike Zone on the phone with us. How you doing, Mike?
0: Good, good. How you guys doing?
2: <clears throat> Everything is wonderful. Darkness. Dave is with us. Doctor Basham, Mike Molina, Andy. We're all we're all gathered around.
0: Now, d- do you and Dave know one another? I do actually. Dave and I have known each other for uh, a couple years now. Um, actually, I've, I used to do a lot of. What I still do a bunch of conventions, some paranormals, some you know, uh, comic con type things. And Dave, of course, is really big in the uh, paranormal world. And uh, well, we crossed paths years ago and known him ever since.
5: Right, and he had a big, so, fantastic series on the Science Channel with Oddities, which I know, Tom, you were telling me you loved oh, that show I and never love, missed an episode.
2: Oh, I loved Oddities. That's oh, 100% thank true. Thank you very much. I, oh, I loved the show Oddities. There's no question. And the guy, well, it's
0: so unusual. Who was that guy? <laughs> that's Edgar Oliver. He's um, Edgar that, Oliver, there you go. And that's him, by the way. That's not a put-on. That's not a character. That's no. not a thing he does. That is him 100%. <laughs> he actually um, just recently did a commercial with Tom Brady for Beautyrest Mattresses. It's uh, national I remember television. he was a butler. Uh, yeah, he's in like a hotel. And Tom Brady walks into the hotel and yeah. he's like, Mr. Brady, we've been expecting you. And, you know, the whole thing. and Yeah, he's on that. Also, if you go to YouTube and type in uh, Edgar Oliver, there's a lot on him. A lot of spoken word, a lot of pieces he's done. Interviews. He's been, he's been around for quite a while, and uh, like I said, that's that's him one hundred percent.
2: God, it's so he would come into your shop and find something that would just fascinate him, and he would get. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't be he wouldn't go over the top. It just it. I guess it's who he was. It just. Yeah, that's the thing. I never People thought. Often, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I never once thought that he was just overplaying his hand.
0: I just thought, no, that's real. A hundred percent. He's he's like the nicest guy. I've known him for, oh, it's got to be at least 15 plus years now. And he's uh, he's originally from Savannah, Georgia. He's living in New York City since probably the 70s. And, you know, he's done spoken word stuff and, and, all, his, and all his other work he's done and some commercial work. And when... Um, the the producers of the show, you know, they were asked about our different customers, and I said, "We have this one guy; he's amazing. He's Edgar Oliver." I said, "He's he's a playwright. He's a, an artist, I guess. He does a whole bunch of stuff." I said, "But you know, I, I uh, what he's in here, we got to film with this guy because he's amazing." And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, right." And then when they saw him, they're like, "Holy cow!" Uh, <laughs> people are smitten with Edgar. People, I, he's probably the most asked about person. Him and Laura, the model Mortician. Are the two most asked oh, yeah. people from the TV show? On you,
2: I got to be honest with you. I never missed your show once I discovered and I just happened upon it one night. And I don't know how many years ago years ago that was, but once I started watching it, because I you would go to people's houses and look at the things they had, and they'd bring them into your shop, and you were always
0: very honest with them about. I well, I just loved it. I loved the show. Yep. That's the whole thing about the show. Um, you know, when they came to us about doing a show with the producers who did the who put it together, I, I asked them, I said, What kind of show are you guys talking about? And they said, Well, what do you mean? And I said, Look, I don't want drama, I don't want fighting, name calling, throwing things, blowing crap up, you know. I said, That's not us. I said, If you want to do it legit, we'll do a show with you guys. If you wanna do nonsense, thank you, but no thank you. And they were like, No, no, this is for the science channel and they want the science behind it. So even though it's the odd things you sell we want to know why it has two heads, or why does it like this, or why, how did this become deformed, or you know. So it was interesting. We did uh, seventy-four episodes total. It ran over, I think, about six seasons or cycles, as they call them, and um, insanely popular. Apparently, it's in at least six languages that I know of. Uh, shown a really? lot on, on this. Yeah, it's uh, well, of course, English, but Spanish, French uh brazilian portuguese uh russian and chinese uh, mandarin chinese it, so it, is, it is that's it which is crazy because we don't get list. residuals on that stuff all well, our residual is they show it in these countries people come to new york city they come to my store hopefully buy something that's that's my residual for for the show
5: <laughs> that's not a bad well, advertisement they
0: do buy them yeah it's not a yeah, bad yeah. advertisement exactly I couldn't buy, Uh, you can't buy advertisement like that. I mean, the exposure, it did really well and incredibly popular. Uh, we were top rated on the the network. Um, we were supposed to film another season a while ago, but unfortunately had a major change of personnel at the network. Uh, the president of the network, um, left and that basically killed it. The new person they brought in basically, um, mothballed the, the, the network. They, they, uh, they, they laid off about half the staff, and they stopped all production. Just so. Although there are rumors that they might be interested in starting something up again. Um, I've been hearing a little talk here, a little rumor there, nothing definitive, but we'll see what happens. That would be amazing. I mean, if they came to me and asked me, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm... It, was, it was a great experience, and that would be wonderful to get back on again.
10: I would think this would be a perfect thing for Amazon, Netflix, uh, something like that, because it you you could add a little bit more adult kind of uh, content or uh, even oddity, oddity-er content <laughs> oh, absolutely. Th- than you have already. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, we were a little limited because being that it was on the science channel, we had to have some kind of science behind the item. Uh, there's some weird stuff out there, which I remember offhand, that they're like, oh, that's an amazing item, but where's the science? You know, it's, it's just... Right, kind of a weird thing. So, um, you know, with, with uh, another network, another uh, outlet for it, it probably could get even weirder. And, and certain things that maybe weren't a perfect fit for the science channel.
2: It just seemed to me, what I really liked about it was that it seemed to me the kind, to be the kind of show where people who just did not fit in anywhere else always fit in at your store. I- Oh, thank
0: you. I, and I we actually heard from a lot of people about that. I mean, some people wear their weirdo on the outside. and Some people wear their weirdo on the inside. Um, yeah, that's yeah, very you know, true. P- and a lot of people said that they can relate to us, to you know, me and my business partner, Evan, on the show. And to us, we, we, we're people. You know, they can relate to us and then us relating to these odd, quote-unquote, odd people, these unusual, eclectic interesting, wonderful people, um, is sort of a gateway. And and we made it okay to come out of the weirdo closet. You know, it's funny. We heard from many people, and still do, that they said, you know, I've always liked this stuff. I've always felt like I was the black sheep of my family or my town or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now I start to show, and thank God there's people out there just like me. And there's quite a few of them, too. I mean, we're with a lot more of uh, the unusual and interesting people than the normal. You know, it's pretty interesting out there.
5: Well, can I ask, Mike? You're I mean, tell. if I could ask one thing real quick, Tom, it's just the fact that you know you go to Minnesota and you go to antique villages here, where there's antique store after antique store and collectible store, but they're all they all seem to carry the same thing. What got you into to going with more of the bizarre and and odd
0: items? Well, I've always been interested in in the oddball stuff. I started collecting actually cameras and photography and stuff like that, and then I started buying stuff to sell to offset my collecting. The more money I had, the more stuff I could collect. But then I started finding things like old sideshow photos and old circus photos and old medical photos and kind of the oddball stuff, and um, it kind of grew out of that. And it's just stuff that I find interesting. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of grandma antiques out there, and you, know, a lot of doilies and, and you know, plates and silverware and, and stuff that's, you know, you know, no offense, it's kind of boring stuff. Um, this stuff is all about it's the cabinet of Curiosities. The, the unusual, the interesting the things. You look at you're like, what is that, and why is that, and who kept that, and where has that been? I mean, a really good piece. should You should have more questions at the end than when you started with, and that's kind of how I, based on what I sell and collect, you know, we do medical, we do scientific, natural history, but there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really fit into those into those niches, but it just has a look, it has an aesthetic. It just it makes you wonder. Yeah, Sometimes my- it's also what I call the... Uh, the 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 mental uh, you know friction there it's it's the attraction repulsion you look at it you're like that's interesting but why what the and basically the back and forth between being uh, attracted and repulsed by the same item it just stirs interest in your head it's Mike, uh, like good art
10: Mike let me I'm gonna come out of the closet I'm gonna come out of the oddity closet right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know first time coming kind of, uh, well you know other people may think different that i've been out of the oddity closet hold though. my hand so when i when i was in medical school the they they all, all medical schools hospitals or in uh, the educational programs have stuff in jars and they have all sorts of, uh, yes, all sorts of fetuses uh it, all sorts of stuff in jars and as a result of that Whenever we would go to a natural history museum, I would take my kids and we would always look for the place where they had the stuff in jars because that was the thing we enjoyed the most. So how Absolutely. many things did how, what percentage of your sales or collections are in jars in the jars? And it's sort of the, in the sort of a, sort of the uh, particulate kind of uh, uh, formula and that's really yellow. And it's always there's always some odd thing in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing with the old formalin, and you'll just have, like, sediment and stuff. (laughs) Often people will change them out. You know, once it's in the formalin or formaldehyde and it's thoroughly pickled, you could put alcohol in there, like uh, isopropyl rubbing alcohol, 70% is recommended over 91. Uh, The 91, believe it or not, could actually dry out the specimen. There's still some fluid in there, and um, even though it's in liquid, it could actually uh, pull moisture out of the specimen so that 70% profile. and the nice thing is it's nice and clear. And again, once that thing is pickled, it's it's good to go. You don't have to worry about it. Um, I used to have a lot more stuff in jars. I have had a few mishaps with jars. Um, <laughs> of course, you have <laughs> to be careful with jars, yeah. Mike. You have to be careful with jars. <laughs> oh yes, you do. Um, I had these monkey heads that I bought uh, a literal barrel of yeah. monkeys. Well, there's some monkeys in there too. But it was like one of those like big like plastic barrels of monkey heads. It was amazing. I came from a breeder down south. I don't know why they kept the heads. I Who knows? Anyway, I had to, you know, I can not want to sell the whole barrel, so I put them in jars and had numerous experiences where, um, actually, one of them was a, a lovely paranormal uh, um uh, convention out in York, Pennsylvania, which they don't do anymore. But I had my whole cart loaded up. I had a whole bunch of the monkey heads and jars and boxes in the box, and I'm rolling my cart across the floor of the convention uh, you know, room, and I hit a bump, and everything goes flying, and then of course oh, I hear a smash, and a puddle of monkey head juices like seeping out of the box. Uh, so then dealing with the like, glass shards and monkey heads rolling forbidden. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, someone actually bought it. They said, Hey, you know, I said, well, it's a lot less expensive now. I mean, the monkey head is still fine, but you're going to need a new jar. And the dude just ran out to local Walmart or Target, bought a mason jar and some alcohol, and he got a a discounted monkey head from that. Um, (laughs) I also had a full body, almost the same experience, but in the middle of um, a major street in Philadelphia, leaving a tattoo convention again, all the stuff in the cart, cart hits a bump, everything goes flying, and this was a full monkey in a really big jar. It must have been over a gallon of um, fluid in this one, and it starts seeping everywhere, and the (laughs) light turns green, and cars started coming. So I quickly have to throw everything on the cart, throw this box with, like, just tons of fluid coming out of it, back in the thing, and get out of the middle of the street. Um, I prefer (laughs) taxidermy. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, so uh, we do have some stuff at the shop, but I, I try to limit it
2: i tell you what, if, if people have never heard of obscure Antiques and Oddities in New York, if you've never heard of the TV show Oddities, I guarantee you, because a lot of people tune through Discovery Channel, Discovery Science, I guarantee you you've seen Edgar and his promo where he goes, is that a straight jacket? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's well, right. And years. he just...
0: Like, for, for years, ahead, people come to my shop and just say that. And actually, I don't have a straight jacket <laughs> in there for this reason at the moment. I mean, I get them now and then, but whenever I have one, it's guaranteed in your oh, invitation time.
5: And what's cool is if you Mike, follow please. Mike on uh, Facebook, he does videos usually once every couple of weeks where he'll show you all the new fines he's gotten from hitting... Trade shows and and antique swap meets and all that stuff, so you can kind of keep an eye on what's going on, and you can contact them afterwards if you're interested in getting any of the items. Oh,
0: absolutely! Great yeah, I was doing that. I was doing that on a weekly basis, but all depends. I was at a week out of town for last week, but yeah, that's to show off the things from flea markets and auctions and state sales, and it's uh, yeah, it, it's been those have been pretty good. I actually, got to sell a bunch of stuff from those, and then I stopped doing it because I got kind of busy with a couple of things. And next thing you know, everyone's like, "Hey, where are the videos?" So they're back. I'll, I'll be doing those hopefully on a weekly or, you know, every other week basis. And, um, yeah, well, thanks, we, thanks for mentioning those. It's, it's kind of a neat thing. We got to get
2: the show back on television. It's phenomenal. Is it in repeats anywhere? I,
3: yes I, I think no. it's on YouTube, Discover, Amazon.
0: yeah Amazon, you can buy the episode. YouTube, believe it or not, has a lot of the episodes and clips on it. Just go to YouTube and right. type in oddities. There's a lot of it there. Uh, sciencechannel.com or science.com, I think, is their website, They had a whole bunch of it on their website, and then they randomly show it. We usually, I find out because the phone starts buzzing like crazy at the shop, uh, but they will do marathons here and there. You know, four episodes, eight episodes. Uh, Discovery will show it. Science shows it. Even Destination America, which is owned by Discovery, has uh, shown episodes.
2: Mm -hmm. Mike, we have to have you back on more. i got to talk to you more about obscure oddities. Please do, anytime. Obscure antiques and oddities. Mike, thanks for your time today, sir. Thank you Mike you very Zone, much. ladies and gentlemen. If you've never seen Oddities, you've got to see it. It's a terrific show. It is a terrific show. Thanks for listening. Tom Bernard Show. <laughs>